gentlemen, yes, I know we can argue all day about what the deep state is or if it even exists. What nobody can argue about is whether we are getting the education we pay for. Somehow the U.S. spends more per capita than anybody else, but gets little for it. Somehow, virtually every new theory and method embraced by our education establishment turns out to be a destructive flop. How can the self-anointed experts get away with such lethal incompetence year after year? Arguably, you would need the relentless cooperation and collusion of the media, foundations, universities, and many branches of government. And then if they collude, how would they reach their goals? First, consider the schism, the big split between educators and parents. The elite educators exist in an alternative universe. When parents speak of education, everybody knows exactly what they mean reading, writing, arithmetic, geography, and so on. Progressive educators, however, mean something completely different. They mean social engineering, indoctrination, and political correctness. Worse still, social engineering, etc., can require that reading, history, and the rest be sacrificed. So the first thing we have to do is to stop the deception and disingenuousness. We have to make sure the schools are sincerely trying to deliver what the public wants and the so-called educators have promised. Second, consider this obvious summation. The history of American education moves in one direction, from proven traditional methods to second-rate and illegitimate methods, always moving toward the least effective. Now, John Dewey and his colleagues around 1900 and thereafter were all of them what today we would call Euro-socialists. They thought it was their mission in life to transform the U.S. into something less competitive and more cooperative, i.e. socialism. Then in the 1920s came the Third International, a.k.a. the Comintern, and a lot of subversive meddling in our internal affairs. Their goal was conquest on the cheap. Their loyalty was to Moscow. The 1930s brought the Great Depression. Our educators, almost all of them collectivists, were giddy with the prospect of worldwide revolution. The Depression proved that Marx was right and that capitalism was finished. After World War II, the U.S. and Russia fought a Cold War. Many of the people in education still clinging to these early enthusiasms, seemed to be rooting for the wrong side, in any case for the other side. They invariably urged the adoption of inferior methods such as hold word for phonics, new math for real math, constructivism for direct instruction, and all the other dubious tools so common in our public schools. Today the education establishment hangs on to its roots these people are far to the left and increasingly dogmatic about it. The best people in this country can make speeches, issue recommendations, expend huge amounts of money, and it won't make any difference. That's because our educators have drunk John Dewey's special blend. These people have their marching orders. To a remarkable degree, they are a cult. I do not speak now of teachers and administrators 
or of anyone at the city or state level. I'm talking about the people with PhDs, people who work at universities and schools of education. These people are the problem. So we have been dealt a crummy hand here in the 2022. How can we improve education? It might surprise you that I'm optimistic. The answers are in the air. There's money, desire, and will. Here are some practical suggestions. First, money, despite all the many complaints and worries, is not, I don't think, the main variable. The, the NEA uses the money to recruit more members and to sustain more far-left politicians. Ironically then, somewhat humorously, cutting all budgets would probably improve our schools. As much as possible, work around the agenda of the education establishment and the NEA. Martin Gross, in his book 20 years ago, The Conspiracy of Ignorance, said that the NEA will give money to almost every candidate, big donations to the people they really want, and measly dollars to the ones they secretly don't, not so secretly, because uh, Martin Gross said, always vote for the candidates that the NEA snubs. That's how you know who the good people are. Now, in general, we have to encourage competition at every kind and at every level. We want all the private schools, parochial schools, charter schools, and homeschooling we can get. Another thing we can do is to offer quick alternative accreditation to people restless enough to want to try teaching. Let's say a person is over 30, has a degree in subjects they need, and this person has worked five years in the workaday world, has good references. Well, let's put that person to work immediately. Don't tie them up in silly rules and regulations. Here's another thing. Tap into the wisdom that is available in every community. Find out what the techniques and books are used at the best private schools. Visit the parochial schools and ask questions. And I would like to suggest that some of the smartest educators in every community are homeschooling parents. They're in the trenches in, in a very unusual way. Find out what these people don't like about the public schools and fix it. Find out what books and techniques they use and follow their example. Mainly, we must not defer, we must not surrender to the anti-American quacks who have seized control of K-12. Instead, we must insist on what has been proven through the centuries. Every real school in the world does some variation of this formula. Reading, writing, arithmetic, and then geography, history, science, and the arts. That prepares you for a future in any direction. Now the evil nihilism of American education means that the children go to school all week and do not know more than they knew at the start. Kids are in school roughly 1,000 hours a year. That's 12,000 hours from K to 12. But somehow they learn nothing. That's possibly only if very ruthless, clever saboteurs work together. Finally, our education establishment is anti-academics, anti-individual achievement, and finally anti-American because all of their biases undercut the strength and success of our society. We can do better, so much better, and so easily. Just get rid of all these ruthless 
little gimmicks that the socials have come up with in order to turn our country in their direction. Thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education. But the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff. And that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four, the big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, the great guitarist, is much smarter, he said. The beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. 5. Lenin's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. 6. If we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of sub-educated students from K right through college. 7. Analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site improve-education.org with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.